the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. This is a good day on Wall Street. Oftentimes I look for the reason why, I try to tell you. We had a good week last week, but before that we had four bad weeks. And by good and bad, that's kind of funny because I like down markets. It's much easier for me to go shopping when fewer people are shopping. It's actually much easier for me to find sales when fewer people are shopping and companies want to push merchandise. I want to be there for that. Um, merchandise could be Apple at a cheaper price than it was last week. Merchandise could be maybe the bank stocks. On this show, I try to show you what's working and what's not working on Wall Street. I try to give you as honest of an answer as I can. I'm not always going to be right. Keep that in mind. Um, And sometimes I stay at the party too long, and sometimes I get a little bit too late. But I think the stories of the day, in my mind, are Trump appears to be getting healthier. Although, I don't know anything about that. You know... Friday, last week was a a poop show, as I like to refer to it. Um, we had the get-together of the Supreme Court people, and they're all chatting about replacing Ruth Bader Ginsburg at the White House. Then Monday, we got the debates going, and that was a mess last week. And by Friday, the president's checking into a hospital because his oxygen levels apparently dropped. He was put on oxygen for an hour. The white, Like, who... I, In my world, 99% of the time, I want to say, who cares? I I don't really want to know what type of toilet paper Reese Witherspoon recommends, but you sometimes get force-fed that kind of stuff. Last week was a show on that. So over the weekend, we're like, eh, look, Trump. He's on a a video signing a blank piece of paper, and, like, everything has to be overanalyzed right now. But it's, it's okay. For the next 30 days, we're going to be going, is Biden going to win? Some new polls really were ridiculous over the weekend saying, you know, this is going to be a runaway hit, run runaway for Biden. And then I, all I can tell you is more Democrats are voting by mail in Democrat states because they don't want to go to polls and potentially get COVID and die. I don't think it's going to be decided on election night. I really, really don't. Um I don't know, is, is the tail that wags the dog or the, wag the, the dog wags the tail? I don't, I don't know. Good puppy, good puppy. Uh, Wall Street's a good puppy right now. Wall Street's digging that Trump appears to be alive and well. And that because he got COVID, potentially the White House will wake up and smell the coffee or... Maybe they'll get a little bit more, how shall we say, serious about COVID. 
that testing isn't the only good idea out there. Paris. Paris! Is he going to talk about France again? They're shutting down again, trying to stop the spread of the epidemic. Regal Theaters, which owns 536 movie theaters in the United States, is like, hey, it cost us more money to barely be open than to be shut down. Do you know what that tells me? Inflation is on its way, baby. Not today, but we're going to be paying higher prices. I went to a restaurant. Yes, yes, I had a mask on. Yes, yes, I took a chance. Yes. Um, the in-laws are in town due to their home being evacuated, and I would do anything to get some social time with my significant other. Um, so I went to a restaurant, and half the tables are being used maybe, maybe a third. Do you know what's going to be a year from now? Higher prices. I already started inflating my tip going, this poor man has to wear a mask all day. I should double his tip. Three pennies. <laughs> I know you're saying, you used to tip a penny and a half? Yes. You don't get rich tipping big. Yeah, you do, actually. I believe in karma. So anyway, um, world markets are up on Trump optimism, on stimulus optimism that the United States, the jobs report wasn't great on Friday. And Nancy Pelosi is saying, you know, me and Steve Mnuchin are working on this till we get it done. We'll get it done and, and we'll move as fast as we can. But then Cineworld's coming out saying, hey, last week Rob Black told us stories about how Disney's delaying all their movies another six months and how Warner Brothers is delaying all their movies another six months. And the movie Tenant kind of was a fizzle. That could have been a billion dollar movie pre-COVID could be a billion dollar movie post COVID and the big movie theaters are saying, let's wait. Uh, no, no, the theaters are saying we need films to get people's butts in seats and the distributors of the movies, the creators of the content, essentially Disney and Time Warner, Sony. And that's, you start kind of running dry at that point in time. The people who get distributed are saying like, we don't think there's going to be enough butts in seats. We, we're not talking 200 billion. Or 200 million. We're, we're talking billion. So until James Bond comes back, we're not back, in my opinion, on the economy. And I, I think the government's going to have to reflect that. And they're going to have to throw down some stimulus money this week. Do you see how optimistic I am? Or how I'm like, this has to be done. And if it's not, what am I going to sound like next Monday? This mother, mother... Chuckers didn't get it done. I'm not going to take this anymore. So that's how Wall Street's going to be. And today we're optimistic. She loves me. She loves me not. I hate her. She doesn't love me enough. So we got this love-hate thing going on right now with Wall Street where we want stimulus. Interesting. Everyone in the Trump administration is now wearing masks. It's just, it's weird. Uh, S&P 500 is up 1.3%. It's been slowly getting better for the first hour and a half of the market. Okay. I, you can, I, we can work with that. Dow, same thing. Uh, a 1.2%, a 1.5% day is a very nice day. The 3 to 4% days are so rare and few and far between, either up or down. So typically, we're talking about like the market was up 1% for a week. That's a good week. You do that 52 weeks in a row, you're up 52%. So 
So don't get caught up on the 1% as a negative. NVIDIA is out there today going around saying, look what we can do. Look what I can do. I can put my foot behind my ear. I once went on a, a first date with a girl who could put her fist in her mouth. And it was the best thing in the world because I started laughing. And then she started laughing with her fist in her mouth. And I thought she was going to choke to death at the table. I know you're saying, that's, that's a good story, Rob. That's a good story. And you tell it so well, like Forrest Gump. Shut up. I'm not Forrest Gump. I hated that movie. Anyway, um, I'm digressing. So electric vehicle battery makers to go public. Now, this is the one that's got me interested. A company called Romeo Systems. Because whether you like California or not, to sell no cars with gasoline in 2035 tells you there's going to be a lot of electric vehicles sold. Because California's got a lot of people. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app. Woo, woo, we have a new meal. Award-winning reggaeton? Is that a word, a reggaeton? Uh, Jay Balvin. A day after, um, you got a new celebrity menu. So the Cactus Jack promotion ended with Jay, uh, Travis Scott. In comes someone I don't know who he is, but it's a story. Celebrity menus drive McDonald's. Do you know what I want to own right now if I'm worried about the economy and the stock market. I want to own McDonald's. Um, okay, okay, okay. Let me give you a thought. You can go to McDonald's anywhere on the planet. In Haiti. In Paris, France. In New York City. In Des Moines, Iowa. In Beijing, China. And the chicken nuggets all taste about the same. So that's consistency in world conditions. You can literally be in in Belize, like lost in a jungle. You come out of the jungle after like being 40 days lost and you see a McDonald's like, I know exactly what that's going to taste like. So the J Balvin meal arrives at participant restaurants today. And I really, really don't care. But it just goes to show you, like, they're doing okay. It's Big Mac, fries with ketchup, and an Oreo McFlurry. That's his meal. And he's going to tweet out to his Twitterers. What are Twitter tweeties? He's going to tweet out to his Twitites. I got to be careful not to say a dirty word. Thank you. Still not suspended during COVID. I'm surprised I pulled that off. Um, but this is a relationship about tweeting. It's not about what he's eating. It's how many people can he tweet that this is my meal. Go to McDonald's today. They probably gave him a million dollars for doing nothing other than sending out one tweet. It's called a collab meal. It's going to be available to order in restaurant for carry out drive through all with McDonald's app. It'll be super easy for the record. McDonald's is a good app. You know, it's the best fast food app in my opinion is Starbucks. And they've got this little Starbucks currency game going on that you buy enough, you get something for free, and you can order ahead. It's really a good app, in my opinion. They, they figured out, like, virtual Starbucks currencies. And virtual currencies are a real thing. I've got credit card points that I, I redeem on a regular basis. 
I dated a woman once who had a Southwest card and like she was like, oh, I'm going to fly to see you for free. I'm going to fly, like fly, 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 fly all my credit card points, right? And then they cut the points value in half. So it used to cost her 100 points to fly anywhere. Now they're saying it's going to cost you 150 points. So they devalued her currency. The same concept goes with the United States. When we print money, we devalue our currency. Um, but Starbucks, give them credit. And now you understand the world of like uh, Epic suing Apple over V-Bucks. Those are the real things. And I uh, was it American Airlines Delta last week that part of their ability to get more money from banks, they said, we're going to put up our frequent flyer points as collateral. And you're like, what? You're not going to put up an airplane as collateral? You're going to put up uh, a mileage program? Uh-huh. So those are real. So the popularity of last month's Travis Scott collaboration, the first time that McDonald's has put a celebrity on the menu since 1992, it led to nationwide shortages. Now, again, I, I know Travis Scott a little bit more for one of his famous lovers is a Kardashian um, that I know of Jay Balvin, even though he's won an award for doing reggae music. But this is the thing. Uh, Travis Scott led to shortages of meat patties, they said. How is that possible that Travis Scott could kill more cows than McDonald's normally does? It, it, the supply chain. But again, there's another thing that you got to keep aware of. McDonald's is so good at what they do because you can go into a McDonald's in Beirut and get the same McDonald's food that you get in Belize. It's the same as you get in Iowa because their supply chain. Apple is so good at selling phones because their supply chain. Walmart is a supply chain company. Amazon is the king of supply chain companies. Home Depot, when, when I go get a hammer, there's a good chance it's going to be a McCormick hammer. I'm making that up. But McCormick has to sit in front of Home Depot and say, we're going to supply you 52 million hammers this year because we know that's what you're going to sell. And then Home Depot says, okay, who's next? And another company will come up and say, we're going to hand, we're going to manufacture for you 52 million uh, hammers for you because we know that's how, your sales numbers. And we're going to do it at 10% cheaper than the first guy. So when you have a good supply chain, you're able to go to your, your people who manufacture for you and negotiate a little bit. Get a little bit, you know, shaved here, money. Um, H Home Depot's got a brand called HDX. Amazon's got their own brands. Amazon has over 20 brands that's theirs that they manufacture for themselves. And then you get into this anti-competitive thing where you put like face moisturizer and you see the if you see the Amazon one before you see the uh, oil of lay one. You're like, well, wait, 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 you're pushing your own brand first. Yeah, that's where it gets kind of tricky, right? Same thing goes in how much you charge people to play a part. How much can you discount? So Home Depot will say, like, look, we're only going to have 10 distributors at our event this year. If you make hammers, we're inviting 10 companies. Come with your best offer. And they can charge those 10 hammer companies for the presentation. And you're like, whoa, now you're abusing power. Anyway, this all came up from McDonald's Happy Meals. It's not a Happy Meal, but it makes me happy to say Oreo McFlurry. Would I own McDonald's right now? I would. I have no problem with it. I know that in the next 30 days, the world can go to heck in a handbasket. 
I know COVID's going to probably come back and, and attack me again. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app. We've hit the movie theater is not a good place to be. We've talked about President Trump's health. We've talked about stimulus with Nancy Pelosi. This weekend, I watched a movie on Netflix called Hashtag Alive. And I was doing a little bit of work on it this morning because to me, that's why you invest in companies like Netflix. They're catching people's eyeballs. Now, again, I'm not the perfect eyeballs anymore. I'm 50. 50? I'm 50. I'm not upset by that. Wall Street doesn't really care about us because they know that I'm saving a little bit of money and like they'll figure me out with taxes and estate planning issues. Wall Street looks at the what the eyeballs are watching of someone who's 18 to 35. They've got the discretionary money. They they are the people that we care the most about. Um and uh, Netflix they just released a zombie horror movie called Hashtag Alive. I watched it last night. It's the number one movie streaming worldwide right now. No, no, it's not James Cameron's Avatar or Wonder Woman. It's not an Avenger movie. It's not a Pixar film. It's a movie out of Korea, South Korea. It's the first Korean movie to achieve such a feat on a world's largest stage, the world. It's a pretty, I'm not going to get into it. It may not be your thing. It's fairly low budget, I think, is the right way of saying that. You know, anytime you do a lot of shoots indoors versus outdoors, outdoors is expensive. And it's it's this lot of action side of an apartment. So anyway, check it out. Popularity of Train to Busan um, and the highly anticipated sequel, Train to Busan Peninsula. Netflix is getting it right. It had a very Dawn of the Dead, George Romero feel to it. The psychological horror kind of thing inside of a zombie film. I don't know. Uh, Zombies are big money. Do you like fast zombies or slow zombies? Because I always felt like slow zombies and slow mummies just weren't that scary. But the ones that run, oh boy. Um, And the ending... I, I, I think you'll like. So, because the Koreans, they're not going to compete with America Hollywood. It's not going to happen. You only go to movie theaters in America to see special effects. You go to movies worldwide to see good writing, in theory. Don't, don't, don't pin that on me, but you get the idea. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Never trust other humans is what it comes down to. So 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. So I was talking about Jay Balvin and how he's got a McDonald's meal before I went to break. During the break, I was like, I want to listen to his music because I don't know what it is. So I go to YouTube and I just plug in his name. I I punch in a compilation by him. And the 15-second ad on YouTube that rolled was for his McDonald's meal. I'm like, the world is distorted. The social distortion of like, did, did, did that pop up randomly or because I was talking about it or because McDonald's was smart enough to buy ads in front of it, thinking that people like me may go, who's Jay Balvin? 
But if you also take a look at his YouTube page and you look at it from a different perspective of how many people have viewed the music, he's got a song that's in the SpongeBob movie, Sponge on the Run, that had 362 million views. And I'm almost willing to bet you I can punch that up and it's going to be the McDonald's ad for his meal as a commercial. I know you're saying Rob Black's too cheap to pay for a YouTube music subscription. Yes, I am. Um, he's got 28.7 million followers on his YouTube channel. I've got like 7,000. He's got 28 million. There's not going to be a Rob Black Happy Meal anytime soon is what I could promise you. Um, something else that came up during the break is I looked at my email and one of the ads came from EB Games. EB Games is the only investment in my belief that is not going to benefit in the video game world from the new Xbox or the new PlayStation. Both of them are coming out with a version that has no compact disc. And the only reason to go to electronic boutiques, EB Games, is to get a compact disc. I'm okay with digital downloads. I think most people are okay with digital downloads. But what was interesting inside their ad, they're like, hey, you can do a pre-order. So right now, if you want to get an Xbox, you can do a pre-order. Go to ebgames.com. Um, what's interesting about it to me is that they're asking for $39 a month for 24 months. And you do the math and like, that's a big win for Microsoft. They're going to need to pay more in installment payments. Wow. Anyway, let's move on. One of the areas that I like to talk about sometimes is personal finance. One of the questions I get is, my partner has earned the money during the relationship. We're not married. Am I entitled to half if we split? And in this case, the email went on to say, you know, he may take a job in another country. I don't know if I want to go to another country. When we met, he had several million dollars in investment accounts as well as a substantial salary, depending on bonuses, half a million to a million a year. We've lived a good life. We've done a lot of travel, a lot of luxuries. How much can you share or not? She was able to figure out that in their relationship time that he's earned between two to $3 million plus investments. Common law marriage is typically elective and difficult to prove. And yet you can talk about common law in the state of California as if it's a thing. Common law marriage was an old English law and today only exists in a handful of states as an elective option on how you split if you don't stay together. You legally declare yourselves common law spouses. You're not considered married in the eyes of the court just because you've lived together for 5, 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I don't know. I, I When I get emails like this, I just... I cringe because I go, I wish people would talk about stuff with their partners instead of people like me. It's not impossible that she helped him earn the money, that she gave him love and support and he went out and earned the bread. It's not impossible that she thought they were even playing field. What's regretful is that they didn't plan on potentially a negative scenario in the relationship. I know it's like death and taxes. You don't really want to make a will because you're not going to die. I've seen that one blow up on a family in the last month. 
you don't, you know, want to pay your taxes. And I could see that's kind of blown up on Trump in the past month. Talking about death and taxes isn't fun. Talking about breaking up is not cool. But I think all couples should have a prenup um, on some level. And I think all couples should have, consider a postnup because you should be able to talk about stuff. I talk about it all the time with uh, my ex-girlfriend, Juliet. We loved each other. We were going to get married. We knew that. She started her business. I started my business. And we got busy. And we, we suddenly weren't doing the things that we loved. But I bought a CD that she says she bought. Breaking up wasn't tough to do because we were just starting our businesses. We weren't, you know, I didn't, you know, work for her company. She didn't work for mine. She did a little graphic design work for me. Uh, but she didn't ask for compensation on that. But that CD is something we couldn't, like, to this day, I, I'm like, I know when I bought it. I have emotional ties to purchases. So just be cautious. You're not entitled to your boyfriend or girlfriend's money. Even though you share some of the same bank accounts, it's considered a gift, not an entitlement. You're entitled to big, rewarding, and unpredictable life when you don't get stuff in writing or you don't have an understanding. Um, just be cautious on that one because a lot of people are like, oh, I've been living with a partner for 25 years. And trust me, there's going to be a, it's not going to be as smooth as you think. When it comes to money, people get a little bit, how oh, shall we say, wonky. I want to mention this one more time. There's a company called Romeo Systems. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore thou Romeo? They're going to use the proceeds of a capacity expansion of an IPO to do more research on development for battery system technologies for commercial vehicles. When I was in high school, I made a battery. I had a chemistry teacher. He had us make batteries. I was fascinated by the process. Batteries haven't really, they haven't gotten as good as like semiconductors. They're not constantly being evolved. The changes that we have in battery and battery storage technologies until a guy named Elon Musk came along were pretty boring. So there's another company out there, Romeo Systems, that's got some battery joint ventures going with Borg Warner. They're based out of LA, five-year-old company, provides batteries in partnership, mainly to commercial truck manufacturers. Electric vehicles are a story that are going to expand for your investment lifetime. I'm going to say it's 2020 right now. You have 15 years to invest in electric vehicles, minimum, as a growth market. Am I telling you that it's a no-brainer? Nope. Am I telling you it's going to be easy? Nope. But I think it's going to outgrow the U.S. economy. Video games are outgrowing the U.S. economy. What are sexy stocks right now? Video games, electric vehicle stocks. Um, you're looking for things that are growing faster than the economy. Economy grows two to 4%. You're looking for anything above that. If you're looking for growth, again, I'm not telling you what you're looking for, but Romeo systems is going to go public. I'm going to get the, uh, prospectus and just do more work on it. Sometimes you can own player number two and number three in a fast growing field. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app. I just talked to my producer and he's turning out to be just kind of, we got the same vibe. Um, Not saying we could have been college roommates, but something like that. 
um, we can't do the things we love to do. That story is so evident in the movie theaters and basically it costs them more money now to stay open than to close. They're going to close. There's no movies coming out. And you're like, oh, yeah, I guess that means we're still not back to where we want to be. Um, big breaking news. White House press secretary. White House press secretary tests positive for the virus. Um, one of my favorite tweets this weekend, just because I love sarcastic humor. Someone tweeted that the tweets on President Trump are they're, they're downright mean, but they're smart and clever. I like smart and clever, even if you're being mean. One of them was New Zealand has fewer cases of COVID in the White House. And you stop and think about that for a second. You go, there's a whole nation of Kiwis that, wow. Twitter, you could be very, very clever when you're hiding behind 160 text, uh, characters, right? But White House Press Secretary Kayla McKinney has tested positive for the coronavirus. White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows said President Donald Trump continues to improve. New Jersey's governor said Trump should have canceled his fundraiser in the state Thursday. That's turned into a national controversy that he already knew one of his cabinet members had COVID and that he was in the process of being tested. Should he have gone? Should he not have gone? But Twitter will be the ultimate judge of that. Not me, not justice. So, but Twitter. So now another member of his cabinet, and it brings into question, is he going to be able to govern? Is he going to be able to campaign? And Wall Street's going to keep an eye on this. It's going to be a thing for the next 30 days. Um, oil is rallying big time. As we saw Trump oot in a boot, as my Canadian friends would say, um, as he was driving around the parking lot of Walter Reed, which is a dump of a hospital. My father basically died there. Uh, being in the military, he got access to a world-class medical facility. Um, I didn't see the world-class in it, but I digress. I'm used to hospitals like Stanford now. Like, those are world-class. But anyway, um, oil rallies the most on optimism of the Trump recovery. You can't lie. You can't. Like, last week I was telling you oil's been awful because it's telling you the economy is looking bad. Last week we were thinking, no stimulus plan. Re-election time, time to fight over Supreme Court justices, no time for stimulus. And the president gets sick and we're like, well, let's do stimulus. So a lot is focusing in on that. And oil's rallying on the thought that the U.S. is going to be the Calvary of the world once again. We are the shoppers of the world. We are the, a nation of consumers. We, we get drunk on debt. We love it. Well, I love it, we love it, we love it, we love it. Almost as much as we loved our hard seltzer. <laughs> Which every beer company right now, every craft beer company should be coming up with a hard seltzer because that's the product category that's growing the most. Some years it's like whiskey. Some years it's IPA. Some years it's, well, it's never ever going to be Coors Light. <laughs> that, that, that boat has sailed. I once had to wash my car and the water was turned off in my city. So I just cracked open a couple Coors Light and washed my car with that. It's just like water. Get it? Anyway, oil's rallying on the COVID Trump push stimulus. What's coming out of that? 
Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis is seen as a self-inflicted wound. And it's going to bolster China's global standing. That's a big, big leap, right? China's going to pass the U.S. economy. It's inevitable. Or as Mike Tyson would say, it's inedible. Did you just say it's inedible, Mike? That's inedible. I would never say that to Mike Tyson's face, but it is so cute when he tries to say the word inevitable. Um, because he would kill me. He would one hand. One motion, and I would be dead. Uh, President Donald Trump's COVID diagnosis is going to boost China's international reputation, the CEO of Think Tank Atlantic Council said. Trump and First Lady Melania tested positive for coronavirus. Chinese officials are going to embrace this period as additional welcome breathing space to escalate their ongoing efforts across a range of fronts. China perceives Trump's diagnosis as self-inflicted. Isn't that fascinating? how you're positioned globally or your reputation. Um, I do think America is going to be the second greatest country in the world down the road, economically speaking. And I'm okay with it. They got billions more people than we do. And they have a commitment of growing their pseudo communist capitalism thoughts. Instead of manufacturing for the world, they will become the consumers of the world. The home that I live next to I live in an expensive zip code. The, the houses aren't great. The house next to me has rats. Rats, I tell you. They had a guy who died on Christmas last year, two years ago, on Christmas. And um, it, 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 it's overgrown. It's horrible. No leaves have been raked. No grass has been mowed. Um, bought by a Chinese man for his son. So you get on the calls to talk about like the architecture that's going to tear down and, and put back up. And you learn like he bought it for his son. And it's like, wow, is China going to grow? They already have. 